Welcome everyone to another edition of the V Auto Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Dale Pollock, V Auto founder and author who has just finished writing his fifth book, Gross Deception, a tale of shifting markets, shrinking margins, and the new truth of used vehicle profitability. Dale, welcome to the program. Thanks, Lance. Good to be with you. So tell me, Dale, this is book number five. How are you feeling now that it's finished? Well, now that it's finished, I'm feeling really great about it and excited. And I believe it's probably the most important work of my career. Why do you say that? Well, I hearken back to the very first book, Velocity from the Frontline to the Bottom Line. That book really marked the beginning of the journey for velocity management. It woke up an industry to a new reality of the used car business, and it essentially instructed dealers as to how to change course for the purpose of being more profitable. And here we are once again at the precipice of yet another significant change in the industry. And I believe that dealers don't yet understand or appreciate the nature of the change that has occurred in the last two years that we wrote about in the book. And I think that it represents an important instruction as to how to succeed in the new margin compressed used car environment that we're all in today. Well, at the risk, Dale, of, uh, I guess, giving away part of the book, what's the short take on this change that you speak of here? It sounds like that was the catalyst for actually deciding to write the book. Yeah, in the spring of 2016, and we can almost pinpoint it to the month, there was a significant change in the market that represented truly a watershed moment. And interestingly, virtually no dealer has recognized what occurred. And yet the implications of that event in the spring of 2016 has profound impact on dealers today. So the book tells the tale of what happened, why it happened, but really more importantly, how to adjust course in light of that change. And I assume the change is something without getting too much into it, but that's not good for dealers, or at least, I mean, is it a bad deal or is there opportunity there? Well, it is what it is. And like any change, if it's properly understood and addressed, it can be an opportunity, especially since many will not have appreciated or understood the change and continue on the old course. So I think it is fraught with opportunity. Now, and you said what you just described, Dale, seems to speak to part of the subhead for the book title, the shifting markets. And I guess I'm kind of intrigued by the last part, the new truth of used vehicle profitability. Can you give us a little bit of what that's about? Sure. The new truth of used vehicle profitability essentially refutes an age-old premise that more volume necessarily equates to more profit. And this is something that to this day, most dealers assume to be true. Mm -hmm. And it's just simply not true, evidenced by the fact that through the first 10 months of this year, 2019, just shy of 50% of the dealers in America have a net loss in their used vehicle operation. Hmm. And the other roughly half that are making a profit, if you trended that profit through the first 10 months of the previous three years, in almost all cases, their profits are trending down to zero and ultimately to negative territory. And this is happening in spite of the fact that this year our industry will deliver a record or near record level volume of used vehicles. So think about it in the context of record volume, 
roughly half the dealers are losing money in their used vehicle operations and the other half are trending down to zero, you have to know that something's wrong and you have to know that a new course forward is what's called for. Hmm. So what's wrong, I think, seems like that connects back to the change we just spoke of a minute ago. I guess I'm now kind of curious to go back a second, Dale. What did you guys see that suggested something was amiss? And was it these net profit numbers you're referring to, or was there something else? In 2017, I started to see some disturbing signals in the market. The first was a report published by NADA where they informed us that every year, since 2009, the average unit cost of a vehicle on a dealer's lot had been rising. And mm -hmm. while the unit cost, the investment cost of the used vehicle was rising, what was going down simultaneously was the margin. So if you stop and think about that, that's a classic ROI calculation. How much do I have to invest to yield what? And the second mm -hmm. important signal, which I received early in 2018, is when NADA published their annual dealer financial health report for the 2017 year just concluded. And what they reported was a negative $2 net profit per used unit sold wow. for used vehicles across America. And by the way, that includes F&I. And yet we were doing very high levels of volume. We're losing money. ROI every year is going down. So it occurred to me that um, something must be wrong. And fortunately, at that point in time, we had been doing business with thousands of dealers for many years. We had a rich set of data and we're fortunate to have some very competent data scientists. And when we looked into the data, we saw some things that just became very evident and signaled uh, the occurrence of the spring of that previous year in 2016 and began to map the course forward. So in, in this era then of declining profits and the conditions you just described, Dale, what's the opportunity for dealers here? Well, the opportunity begins with recognizing the problems, understanding the implications, and then being open-minded to a new course forward. And, and that new course is essentially one that asks dealers to move beyond velocity, mm. that very uh, effective strategy that we ourselves pioneered roughly 15 years ago, to move from, move from managing used vehicle inventory as merchandise to managing used vehicle inventory as investments. So essentially, the new course forward is to take an investment-minded approach to use vehicle management, which in some cases calls for behaviors that are very different than traditional velocity behavior. Let me, you know, I, I guess I think back to some of the early days of velocity, Dale, and, you know, I do remember dealers thinking that at that time, velocity was in fact a way to think more about their inventory as investments. So I guess I'm now curious, what's different today than back then? Well, the basic premise of velocity was to index more heavily on volume and turn mm -hmm. rather than average gross profit mm -hmm. with the belief that if we do that, and even if average gross profit dips, the additional volume and turn will more than compensate for it to generate maximum total gross to cover expenses to create net profit. 
And that was a strategy that in that environment proved to be very effective for many dealers for a very long time. But what has occurred since is that the environment has changed. Mm. And as the environment changes, we all have to be prepared to change with it in order to continue our success. Hmm. I guess if I'm a Velocity dealer, Dale, and I'm thinking, um, I, I thought I had a pretty good handle here on my inventory as an investment. What am I going to find out in the book that's going to perhaps suggest that maybe I don't have such a good handle on it after all? Well, the, the linkage between your vehicles as investments in the Velocity context was fairly simple. It's just the more volume you sell, the more money you make. And that was largely true up until the spring of 2016 and no longer so today. So the investment-minded approach essentially recognizes that a vehicle in inventory is there to create a return. Mm -hmm. And the return the maximum optimal return of that vehicle is something that a dealer can control. But in order for them to control that turn, and when I say control it, I mean optimize it, maximize it, they have to take a different approach to pricing and acquisition. So the foundational change of pricing is that we all in the past have priced vehicles upon a premise that we now know to be faulty. And specifically, that is based on the number of days you've held the vehicle. Mm -hmm. The implicit assumption that today we know to be erroneous is that the amount of time we hold the vehicle equates to the amount of profit the vehicle holds. And today we know that that's false, at least false in more than half the cases. Ah. The calendar time that we use to measure how much profit opportunities in the vehicle in more than 50% of the cases uh, leads us astray. So we're moving away from making pricing decisions based on calendar time to making decisions based on profit time, which is the name of our new software, which shows vehicles to dealers in a new light, and that being one uh, from their investment uh, quality. So correct me if I'm wrong, Dale, but as I think about this, if if I'm a velocity dealer, then my investment mindset might simply be it's a used vehicle and no matter what kind of used vehicle it is, I'm putting it through my same investment management or inventory management process. Every car gets treated the same. What I think I hear you say though is if you're really looking at an investment, it's what each investment is for each car and managing accordingly. Am I tracking here? That's right. That's right. The investment thesis under velocity management is simply turn them all as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. The thesis for investment under profit time management is that some vehicles uh, actually hold the potential such that you can realize more return out of them if you're a bit more patient. Essentially, turn them a little bit slower However, other vehicles in inventory hold so little investment potential that the rate at which those vehicles need to be turned is actually increased. So it's, um, it, it's to what you said, it's, it's really dialing in the optimal turn based on a vehicle by vehicle 
uh, analysis rather than the inventory as a whole. So I'm curious, Dale, in, in the book, um, what was the approach you kind of used to, to tell that story or, or tell the implications for what all this means for dealers? Well, it begins with enlightening dealers as to what occurred in the spring of 2016 mm -hmm. and explaining the implications thereof. And you see the switch or transition from a velocity management to a investment minded approach using profit time, it, it's proven to be a very challenging change. Mm -hmm. It requires thinking and behavior that's very different than um, what dealers are accustomed to. So if we're going to ask anyone to do anything different, they clearly need to understand why, mm -hmm. particularly when that change is difficult. So in the book, and this is why I believe it's perhaps the most important work of my career, is in addition to explaining the event of the spring of 2016, I go into depth in terms of explaining the implications of that change and how it's affecting the bottom line of dealers and understanding the nature of the change and why it is that what they're doing today isn't working begins to uh, set the stage for change. And that, that story is told through the, the eyes of dealers then to some degree? Clearly, consistent with the style of my previous four books, uh, the experiences related through actual dealer experiences in their journey. It sounds like it'll be a, a meaty read. I, I am curious, Dale, um, you know, they, they always say don't judge a book by its cover, but um, gross deception kind of stops me cold in my tracks. Tell me a little bit about that title. The title, Gross Deception, highlights and suggests that there's a lot of deception that occurs in our analysis of used vehicle operations. Um, I cite examples where we actually uh, sell vehicles and they create the appearance of making a positive contribution to the department in the form of front end gross profit. But in, in the final analysis, they often turn into net losses. Um, and yet those losses are not often evident or obvious to the dealer unless they really closely examine their bottom line rather than uh, transactional front-end grosses. And, and interestingly, dealers are very attuned uh, to their front-end gross, are very attuned to their volume, and much less so to the net profit bottom line of their department. Mm -hmm. I've often said that if you take 10 dealers and ask them how many cars they sold last month, they all will know if you ask them what they grossed on those vehicles. They certainly know their average gross off the top of their head, but ask them what the net profit of their used vehicle department was. And in almost all cases, they would have to go look in order to know. And yet the net profit is the ultimate reason why we go to work in that department. So it is often deceptive that dealers are selling vehicles, looking at front end grosses, transacting those vehicles and not really understanding or appreciating the fact that they're transacting a lot of net losses. So that's one of many examples in the book that I highlight uh, that, that support the, the gross deception title. Is it, is it also fair to say, Dale, that uh, this lack of awareness about net profit may be part of the reason no one noticed that change you spoke of from 2016? I think that very well may be the case. And that, as I stated earlier, was ultimately the 
uh, signal that I began to detect in 2017 and 18 is that that net profit, which had been eroding slowly, suddenly in 2016, uh, fell off a cliff, the profit. And it seems to be uh, uh, continuing to do so ever since. So again, in light of record volume. So it, it really says that something in the market has changed in a big time way. And in order to uh, continue to succeed, we have to make some significant course alterations. So I'm, I'm now very intrigued by the book deal. Um, for those folks listening, how can they get a copy of Gross Deception? Well, as with the case with all previous books, uh, they will be on Amazon starting in January of 2020. But I'm also very excited to do the official launch at NADA in Las Vegas, 2020. Uh, I'll be there and I'll be um, uh, offering books to all dealers that come by. We'd like to show them the new system that allows them to execute on an investment-minded approach. And it would be my privilege to present them with a complimentary copy. Fantastic. Well, folks, you heard it right here. If you want your copy of Gross Deception and you're going to NADA, sounds like the V Auto booth would be the place to do it. Well, Dale, congratulations on your fifth book and thanks for taking time with us and everyone listening to share a little bit about what it's about. Thanks, Lance. Okay. Take care, folks. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the V Auto Podcast. Until next time, stay well.